This is Sports Cutting Edge for ASTN, the Australian Sports Technologies Network. Here's your host, Lockie Wills. Hello and welcome to Sports Cutting Edge. Thank you very much for your company. We're here for the Australian Sports Technologies Network, ASTN, powering sport through innovation. Check them out at astn.com.au. We come to you live this week from the Olympic City. We're in Brisbane, up here at the ASTN studios, working on a big story, actually, that's developing out of Queensland. We hope to have that for you next week. We hope to have that for you next week. A massive story coming out of the Olympic City. That's why we're up here. And uh, on the show today, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things where you feel almost embarrassed. It's an embarrassment of riches that we have each week. Very lucky to have some of the, the finest people in the world of sports tech rolling through Sports Cutting Edge. This week, we have John Shepard, Damien Hecker. They are the two men behind Playbook Sports. Playbook Sports. Now, the way they spell Playbook, it's a little funky. It's Play, P-L-A-Y, B-K. Play, B-K, all one word, Playbook Sports. And John and Damo, they're two terrific fellas. Uh, James Godfrey, actually, from XV Capital, recommended these two gentlemen to me. God has said, look, these two blokes are doing something very special in the sports tech education space. And getting to know John and Damo, well, Goddess hasn't disappointed with the recommendation. Two absolutely ripping blokes. John Shepard was a Aussie who went over to the United States of America and became a college basketball star. He was actually the captain in his senior year of Nova Southeastern University in Florida. Pretty impressive stuff. John then came back to Australia and has excelled in the areas of education and coaching. He worked with the Australian Sports Commission for quite some time. And at that great organisation, he met Damien Hecker. Damo is a leading light of education in Australia. Damo uh, did his all his teaching qualifications, was a classroom teacher for a number of years. Then he himself went to the Australian Sports Commission. There the two men met. And, you know, Damo himself became the coach development chief for Netball Australia. Big gig, big gig. And, you know, invested with such a responsibility. Damo and John then started their own business, Leaders of Evolution, in the education space. That became a global phenom. Then they've started now this. Sports, tech, education all comes together as one with Playbook Sports. John and Damo will give us the full insight it's such a growing space. When you think about education and how powerful it is, particularly for Australia, you look at the stats before COVID 2019, the four biggest things that earned this country money through exports, first, iron ore, then coal, third, natural gas, and fourth, education. Education worth the best part of $40 billion dollars. And it's the only thing of those four that's not under the ground. So you see the powerful impact that education can have for the future of Australia. Not just, you know, esoterically in terms of our future generations, but also our economy and the ability of our country to keep kicking forward. So education's massive. Through COVID, obviously, the online domain of education became more important than ever before. What Damo and John do is they take education 
and they bring it and align it within sports and create incredible opportunities for fan engagement, for greater social good out there in the community, and also for commercial opportunities for sports organisations, clubs, leagues, etc. It's exciting stuff. It's playbook sports, and it's coming up very shortly on the show. But before we do any of that, let's take a look at what's making news. And uh, we've got some big picture stories today in the wider world of tech and how it might impact sport. The Australian Tax Office says it will crack down on NFTs and cryptos as we near the end of the financial year. The Tax Office says there will be more data matching with the digital economy and they will target undeclared profits made on NFTs and crypto. The ATO's Tim Lowe telling Nine Aussies must understand what NFT and crypto trading means for their tax returns. More than 300,000 people in Australia have invested in digital coins for the first time this financial year. Those who sell a digital asset must calculate any capital gain or loss and record it on their annual tax return. And, and an important note here, a capital loss made on NFT or crypto can only be used to offset other forms of capital gain. It can't be claimed against your ordinary salary. The U.S. military is doubling down its metaverse strategy. Dave Geddes, who's a regular on this show, he is the founder and chairperson of ISTA, the International Sports Tech Association in the United States. He's also the president of Esports America, the Team USA, that will be going off to the championships this year. Dave Geddes is a former U.S. military man, and he's told Sports Cutting Edge how absolutely critical and pivotal the role of the U.S. military research and development is when it comes to the cutting-edge technology that we get these days. Well, it's the U.S. military now doubling down on their look into a deeper, more complex metaverse setup. For example, already we see cutting-edge technology throughout the U.S. military. The new F-35 fighter jet includes a high-tech helmet with an augmented reality display that shows telemetry data and target information on top of video footage from around the aircraft. The US Air Force is using VR to teach pilots how to manage aircraft and missions. The US Navy are doing similar things. VR is also used to help treat veterans for chronic pain and post-traumatic stress. Boeing has created an RV environment that lets mechanics practice working on planes. Virtual company Improbable has created huge virtual battlefields for the UK military. They have war games featuring over 10,000 individually controlled characters. In 2018, the US Army struck a $22 billion deal with Microsoft to create a version of their HoloLens augmented reality system for combat fighters, known as the Integrated Visual Augmentation System. Experts are saying the tech must be simple enough to use in battle. It can't afford to be cumbersome. And now time will tell how much of that kind of technology soon translates into sport. And with the military getting deeper into the metaverse, it pretends exciting things to come. That's what's making news. Up next, John Shepard and Damien Hecker from Playbook Sports. You're listening to Sports Cutting Edge. For ASTN, the Australian Sports Technologies Network. I'm joined now by two of the leading lights at the intersection of sports, technology 
and education. The co-founders of Playbook Sports, that's playbooksports.com. John Shepherd and Damien Hecker, welcome to the show. Lockie, thanks for having us on. It's great to be here. Thanks, Lockie. Uh, Thank you. Well, terrific to have you. And a shout-out to our mutual friend, James Godfrey. God has helped us set us all up. And that's the thing I love about this sports tech community. It is becoming sort of like a family, people looking after each other. God is, of course, along with Sterlo, Sterling Mortlock, the founders of uh, XV Capital Advisory. They are terrific, as are you too. Um, Damo, I want to start with yourself. I mean, your resume, you've got such an extensive experience in the education field out of the University of Queensland, a master's in sports coaching, La Trobe University in Melbourne, Bachelor of Teaching, Bachelor of Education. You spent seven years in the classroom as well as a PE teacher, and then you went to the Australian Sports Commission. You spent five years there, and then big gig at Netball Australia, the National Coach Development Manager, huge gig. And then you and John founded your previous company, Leaders of Evolution, and now you're here in this spot. I want to ask you sort of a broad question, but tell me the first thing that comes to your mind and your heart for that matter. What is the key to education, Damo? Uh, I think when you look back on what you've just explained there, Lockie, and for me, it's a love of learning. Um, You know, I'm a a lifelong learner. I was fortunate enough to... um, you know, go through those processes and have good people around me. As a young person, I've got a few teachers uh, in my family. Uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. Um, so you have yeah. that you have that love of learning around you from a young age. So for me, anything that we do in education needs to be about how we engage uh, the learners, how we make it relevant for them, how we um, find a solution to the problems that we're seeking, and whether that's providing mm-hmm. resources for teachers or coach education resources for coaches, or, you know, uh, we're just working with Special Olympics Australia at the moment on developing some induction courses for volunteers. You know, the key for me, when we look at education is how do we make it fun? How do we make it purposeful? And how do we find a way to, for the learner to transfer that learning and build skills and be motivated um, and and find ways to keep going back to the well and do more. So, So that for me is, you know, that's the key. If we can have a have a mindset of lifelong learning and share that with other people, um, you know, I, I think that we're in a really good spot and that's what's driven me um, over my career. Beautiful answer, Damon. I like that. Now, John Shepherd, you are a former college basketball star, NCAA college basketballer with, uh, see my pronunciation here, uh, Tusculum University in Greenville, Tennessee. You spent from 2000, 2004 there. Then you transferred across to Nova South Eastern University. And in the senior year, you were the captain of the team. I mean, that's a huge thing. Captain of your college basketball side, an Aussie who's gone over there and captaining in NCAA level. I mean, that's extraordinary. You did sports administration and uh, business administration there. You came back to Australia, cert for an education at Victoria University, and then you did elite, elite athlete mentoring at the Australian College of Applied Professionals, coming from that sort of sports psychology side of things. You yourself then went to the Australian Sports Commission, five years there, and then you're a National Development Manager at RDK Sports Management, co-founder, of course, with your great mate, Damo of Leaders of Education, and now you've got Playbook Sports. Uh, what about for you, John? What's having experienced that college life as you know the star basketballer, you know you're the, the 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 great man on campus, you're the captain of the side. Like for education for you, how's it been? 
Well, thank you for the kind words. I think star is a very uh, loose term in this case. Um, however, it was a great experience and something that, you know, I'll cherish um, for the rest of my life and played a big part of my life. You know, those, as we can all, uh, I'm sure, as all agree, those those university years, particularly, you know, for me, I went over a little bit like, a little bit older. I was, I was 19, 20 years old. They're very formative years. So you learn a lot about yourself. Um, this is going back to the days of, you know, calling cards and things like that. And social media, I think, came in my last year um, when I was in Florida. So you, you, you learnt to grow up very quick. Um, but for me, the education connections around, you know, transferable skills. So being able to learn from a particular environment and take that onto the next thing you do, uh, pick up, pick up um, you know, different skill sets and then take it into the next thing and the next thing. And, and as the years progress and you start to scaffold and stack this, these experiences and these lived experiences on top of each other, um, yeah, mm. you start to you start to really uh, identify where where you sit within within the within the professional market, but also learn a lot about yourself as along the journey. So, a lot of mm. how I go about running a business, I can definitely lean back on the elite side of um, a high performance sport as an athlete. So that that for me, that's where that one sits. Education is so huge, you know. I mean, you look at you know, pre-COVID, where education was worth forty billion dollars to the Australian economy. So, iron ore, coal, natural gas, and fourth, education. It's massive business. And through COVID, we've seen a greater expansion of a need for remote and online learning, where technology and education come together. Now, you're throwing sport into the mix and bringing something that's beautiful, because obviously, sport is such an ingrained passion worldwide, certainly in this country. Um, can you tell us about Playbook Sports, gentlemen? What was the, you know, what what made you go this direction? And can you give us an outline of the company, please? Playbook Sports, you know, in its simplest terms, is the best way for a professional team to commercialise online learning. So if you take a step back, um, education isn't new for sport. Like it's, you know, not just talking the Australian market, but all over the world. Uh, professional teams and elite sports themselves around their performance are centred around education, but also what they do from a fan engagement point of view into schools, into the community, into coaching, into corporate. So if you think of the traditional play visit into schools or a coaching yeah. workshop or those areas, um, what we do is really harness that world-class IP. The, the IP that walks the, walks the halls of high-performance sport is, is truly untapped. So we package that up into an online digital product that can be deployed at scale. So what that does, it saves players' time, it saves coaches' time, it saves administrators' time, and it allows them to amplify their fan engagement, particularly before match day and after match day. And as and to your point, uh, education's a huge sector. So in 2021, um, education technology was a $2 billion industry in Australia alone. Um, and what we're seeing coming from an ed tech company into playbook sports is that professional teams were really missing out on that revenue generating opportunity and the ability to have greater reach with their world-class ip so playbook sits at the intersection of those and helps teams really commercialize their education and reach more fans and Damo, for you, is that, is that a key, that, that fan engagement? You're able to get that greater quality of relationship with your fans through this education offering? I think that's a key starting point, um, whether, whether you're a young person in a classroom or an experienced learner sitting um, in their bedroom or, or the boardroom, for that matter, depending on the environment, connecting mm -hmm. to someone who um, we respect, who we want to hear from, 
who has something that we believe will help make us better is a really key starting point for the learning experience. So, and that's why it's always really crucial for us when we're working with our clients is identifying who those key people are, who has the message that we can share so that um, the learner as a starting point is engaged and wants to be there. Um, but then from that point onwards, um, yeah, you know, they're able to uh, absorb what's being told to them and, and take it to their environment and relative to, as John said, not many people get behind the scenes of these um, elite sporting environments. We all aspire to it. You know, I had an under-18s premiership reunion uh, the other weekend. I didn't quite get to the level that John did um, in, in sport, but we all aspire to it at some point. So yeah. it, it sits as something that um, we see from afar for most of us. Most of us don't get to that point again. So I think with education, what we're doing here is um, bringing anyone from, you know, a, a grade four student all the way to a 50, 60, 70 year old lifelong learner who's still doing community coaching behind the scenes and giving them those insights and, and letting them learn more about um, how things are um, put together at that level and how they can take those things and make their life better and ultimately the lives of people around them as well. Well, and you've got some great relationships within the Australian sport and community. Uh, we'll talk about a number of them, but I, I want to start with this. I saw a recent announcement from you guys with regards to your relationship with Special Olympics Australia. So my girlfriend's brother, Denzel, or we call uh, his nickname is Morgs. Morgs is, has Down syndrome and autism and is nonverbal. But Morgs on a tennis court. He can rip a left-hand forehand like Rafael Nadal. He has got the most magnet, whippy action, just beautiful, on a skateboard. So for Morg, sport and physical activity is so crucial to him being able to express his soul. The happiness and joy it brings Morgs is profound. And across the special needs community, this is so. So I want to ask, how is your a company helping to really help special needs people because I love the fact you're associated with the Special uh, Olympics. Uh, tell us about that, gentlemen, please. We started working with Special Olympics Australia about four years ago and what we've done in um, collaboration with the organisation is basically take the concept of how can we provide more education uh, for people who work with um, athletes with intellectual disabilities and autism and, and give them the learning that will make them more um, confident and competent in working with them and helping people like Morgs, um, you know, not, not just get his forehand better, but his backhand and, <laughs> and his, his life skills as well, you know, how he transfers that in, into life so that, um, you know, he has a really fulfilling life outside of sport as well. So that started um, with an idea. Our great mate, Simon Rodder, who at some point will probably listen to this, um, Simon was key to to working with um, his organisation to, to build the concept of can we do something here to provide scalable education to our audience. And it started with one course and, and over the span of the last four years, we've, we've now got, we'll release another three courses in June for, for Special Olympics Australia volunteers. Um, we'll have about um, 10 courses, 25 hours of learning content, hundreds of resources that the Special Olympics Australia team have worked really hard on um, to, again, add value to their coaching community. Uh, I think we've reached about 6,500 registered users on the platform, you know, thousands of completions of these courses. And I think what I, what I love about um, Morgs and what you're talking about is this is why we do it. This is why we do what we do because for us, sometimes we don't get to see the end product as in what's the transfer of learning that we're talking about, the coach that does that course. Um, we've just released a, a suite of physical literacy courses um, for 
people who work with athletes with intellectual disabilities and autism. Now, we won't probably get to see the outcome of that in real time, you know, in, in the environment. But what we know is there are people like Morgs who are the benefactors of people who are putting their time and energy into learning more. Um, and I guess we sit at the other end of that, you know, working with the subject matter experts, being Special Olympics Australia and understanding their content and then how we bring that to life in a really, as I said earlier, fun, engaging way that um, allows learners to take those skills from an online um, environment into their mm. coaching and, and environment and, and helping the athletes that they work with. So, um, you know, your story really hits home for me because that is why we do it at the core. It's why we do what we do to have that impact um, with the end user, whether it's a, a coach or an athlete or, you know, a corporate learner or whoever it might be. That's where we want to be. So Special Olympics for us really are the gold standard. Um, and they've done well because I've invested in um, a long-term strategy that we've worked on them with. They really know um, why they're in the space. They really know where they're going and, and they know what, where they want to get to. So it's been a really exciting, um, yeah, four years working with these guys. And yeah, th there's plenty more to do into the future as well. We're far from finished, but um, it, it's it's been really motivating and again you know working with the special needs community for us has been quite eye-opening as well and i think it's made us yeah. better people too yeah bloody oath just fantastic what about with the essendon football club of course one of the powerhouse uh, australian sporting clubs your train like a bomber program john uh, give us a bit of an insight into that can you yeah absolutely so train like a bomber came about um was actually worked on and pre-pandemic um whereas they they were at capacity in terms of what it was it's a, it was a face-to-face -face program there where you brought um elite pathway players you nine and ten students you know with a, with a, obviously an interest in afl footy into the hangar and got a day in the life of so nutrition leadership sports science you know a full immersive experience over you know eight or ten different areas so that was at capacity um covid hit us um we're all affected and you know we're you know, early on in our startup journey we're like oh we're going to lose a really really important client and a big brand in Bresson, in essendon um mm -hmm. however they came to us and actually accelerated the project because it wasn't obviously being digital it was future proofing their ability to be able to connect with fans and still have an impact in the community which was obviously a, a really important strategic priority for them so mm -hmm. we 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 picked up the existing face-to-face -face program. Damien worked closely uh, in a collaborative experience with the team and built out eight key modules. So that aligns in with the Victorian curriculum. It's delivered in schools. Um, and important to that, it's not just a, a program for the students, but what sits next to it is a, is a teacher course. So you're actually upskilling teachers, educators, to deliver that, and Damien spoke about it before, that authentic impact. So you've got somebody guiding that learning experience. So yes, it's online, but there's still some face-to-face. -face, there's still some practical aspects to it away from away from the device, away from the iPad, um, which is really, really important. And from a marketing point of view, I've got my hat on. I look at those teachers and they, they almost become pseudo-development officers for the clubs uh, because all of a sudden you're they're pushing your brand, they're pushing your product, they're pushing your IP out to a greater audience without using, you know, existing club resources. So so that's, you know, that's where Train Like a Bomber is at the moment. It sits on their own platform um, and the, 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 you know, the bombers are, are pushing it out into schools as we speak. So if there's particularly any schools that are listening in um, 
in Victoria at the moment, uh, head to head to their website and, and, and search Train Like a Bomber and you'll be able to get involved. So um, it's a great program and, and I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it if you're a Year 9, 10 student or, or a school in, in Victoria or, or across Australia for that matter. Interesting. So in terms of the mechanics of Damo, this sounds like a great program you've, you've helped to co-author there with Essen Footy Club. So, um, all right, so I'm a Year 9 kid, talented footballer, um, love footy, love Essendon, or even if I, don't, I love Collingwood, but, you know, I still want to get involved because this sounds like a rare opportunity to make my dreams come true. What do I do, Damo? And, and can you take me from the process of me hearing about this on the pod to then what the learning experience would be if me slash my school takes it up? How does it sort of function? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it back one step. Like, I think what's really important, and, and any teacher who's listening to us today, and really anyone in um, professional sport who's delivering education into the education sector, um, knows that aligning to the curriculum standards and guidelines is incredibly important. So that's always the starting point. So what we're talking about here, like, is a year nine or 10 PE student. So I don't know what, what your curriculum load looked like back in the day, mate, but um, I feel like maybe you did a bit of PE as you went through the process. So you kind of know what that environment's like. And um, for, for that student, they'll get access to the course themselves. So they'll sit in their basically their theory component of, of um, their, their PE class for whether it's a term or whether it's a semester. That's really based on um, how the teacher wants to facilitate that learning experience. But they'll get access to that, you know, countless videos, interactions, um, opportunities to take the learning and, and the insights from the bombers into their practical PE environment as well. So in addition from, you know, physiology, physiology, I'll get that out eventually, um, you know, fitness testing, um, skills-based coaching, leadership, even down to culture, you know, having Xavier Campbell, the Essendon CEO, talk about um, how to build an effective culture, which is still really important for these young people because they're off on the weekend during the week um, playing and competing in sport as well. So, um, mm. and then it's facilitated by the teacher, as John said. So the teacher, of course, has access to all these materials as well as the teacher course, which helps them um, plan out and map out how it will be an engaging in-class experience as well. So what we're doing, yeah. Lockie, is I, I suppose it's new world thinking and you, you mentioned earlier about how COVID has accelerated. Um, I think for teachers to feel safer with technology as well and, and the uptake mm -hmm. of technology. So um, for teachers now, you know, there's no real need to spend a lot of time planning. They have all these resources, hours and hours of online learning content that they can facilitate using, you know, their own teaching and learning skills that they've developed over a long period of time. We don't tell them how to do that. But what we do do is say, here's some really great resources that are going to align to the curriculum that you need to report back on and the kids get to see the heroes you know in their environment which is which is really cool so again it's taking them behind the scenes and harnessing that ip that's within organizations and you know for myself i grew up in bendigo there wasn't much chance that i was going to have access to any afl club um, back then getting behind the walls and certainly the technology yeah. wasn't around then either to facilitate that so it's a whole new world now and that's why we're excited about um, what we're doing because it just opens up so many opportunities for schools corporates coaches community to, to learn from you know people who are right at the top of the tree 
Well, it sounds like such a powerful thing on many levels too, because, you know, like in teenage years, obviously, you know, it's not the easiest time of life. It's, you know, so much is happening and you're dealing with, you know, all different sorts of things. Um, you know, like in, in uh, the Northern Territory, they have uh, the Red Tails Right Tracks program, which Ian McAdam and Rob Clark run. And basically the idea is sport is such a, a thing that people love that this is a great way to help bring people in to an education setting because it's sort of like, you know, something to... Uh, that people gravitate towards. You know, education might be a bit, well, I don't know, yeah, okay, I've got to go to school. But sport is like, yeah, I love sport. So using sport as a mechanism to, to create these great educational outcomes as well, side by side. And this is exactly what this offers because you've got kids who might be sort of drifting away a bit in class. Suddenly, they've got, you know, Essendon, you know, a program like Train Like a Bomber there to captivate them, to bring them back, to re-engage people that might otherwise drift away and be lost to academia. Um, so I think, you, you know, you've got such uh, power in that regard. Um, do you see that as well, fellas, that, you know, you're achieving a, a social good as well? You know, because obviously you also look at the fact that, you know, in Australia, our numbers of people that are uh, overweight, and obese, uh, the numbers are really big. And so the opportunity to help create good physical outcomes as well. Oh, look, I'll go first there, Lockie, and I'm sure John will um, add something in over the top, but 100% um, for us to run a really effective business that achieves the goals that we want to, we need to be really good at our day jobs. Um, and, and for me, mm. that's helping our partners design these really engaging products, knowing that they're going to go into those classrooms um, all over the world. And it might do exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, I think young people especially, but not just young people, um, adults as well, who are more, that um, they're embracing online learning more these days, but certainly young people in schools are able to, um, they, they know tech, they use it every day. They're very good at it. So they can um, find their way around the portals really easily. Um, it's engaging for them. You know, a lot of it's video based. So I think John will probably, correct me here with the exact stat, but I think it's about 82% of online video, um, online content will be accessed via video um, as, as of this year and going forwards, it'll be more. So that's where young people live. So if we can get to them um, with the type of learning that they are engaged by and more used to, backed by these people that, as you say, um, are, are heroes of those, of them potentially, that provides for a really engaging learning experience. Um, what we try, we, we talk about immersive experiences and what we're trying to do here is we're scaling the reach um, of education, but what we're trying to do is you know, bring these people, these, these coaches, these administrators, these players into the classroom as much as we can because these players can't go into every classroom in the world, but we can bring them in in a digital sense. And, and we really do believe that that has, going back to your question, it's probably a long-winded way of answering it, but no, it's great. it has that authentic impact, which is you know what I'm really passionate about. If I do my job well, then yeah. we're able to have that impact. And if we have that impact, everyone's happy. Um, the, the products are sticky for the clients and yeah, we're creating true change. And that's really what moved us to start Letters of Evolution seven years ago now. And what about for you, John? Like, obviously, you've lived this because you were the star athlete, college basketball, a captain of the side. And obviously, through sport, that also gave you wonderful education opportunities in the college system in the States. And you're obviously someone that's always been physically active, physically fit. But do you see the value in reaching people who perhaps are drifting away from education, who are in the classroom, but, you know, falling asleep because they're just not interested? This is something to get people interested and help people get fit. 
I think absolutely. For, for us, in, in a really simple simple terms, uh, technology is the accelerator. Um, mm. Having having a really robust program that 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 Damien and the team work on in terms of making sure that's providing that fun is really important. That immersive experience. Using tech, so you've got gamification and the instant instant feedback, instant gratification is really, really important with the younger generation. And when we look at we, where we look at the you know millennials and Gen Z, they are the future fans of sport. They are the future fans of our workforce. So you know, Upwork released a re- released a report last work last year. And it's in, it's in and around for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with Upwork. So it drives the gig economy. Uh, but fifty eight percent of the world's workforce by 20, 2028 is going to be millennials and Gen Z. So investing in young people, investing in our future is going to essentially, without being too cliche, going to make the world a better place. And how do you do that on mass? You've got to have technology involved, but you've also got to have a really, really fun and immersive product before the technology comes second. We're not from tech backgrounds. We're from education, high performance sport backgrounds. Tech has always been the ability for us to scale what we do. So we've learned tech over the years. Yes, we've got a great, some great um, people within within our camp that understand it. But in terms of Damien myself, uh, I think you'll agree with me here. We certainly won't um, put our hands up and say we're absolute tech gurus. Uh, we're not writing code or anything like that. Um, but I think going back to my point, it is the ability to accelerate and future-proof the way we connect with people and in sports and fans. Mm. Now, w- w- just on that, like, what are some of the things you've learned through, you know, your conversations with the, your tech experts that you've got a part of the Playbook family? <coughs> what are some of the things that, you know, perhaps there's problems that is that have arisen that you've been able to find nice, savvy tech solutions? Uh, have you found any any examples like that that stand out? Probably the biggest decision we made early on uh, from, you know co-founding, scaling, and then eventually exiting an education technology company, we're faced with the, the, the scenario, two options really, a fork in the road. Do we build our own technology or do we go and open source? So by open source, somebody else somebody else has built it and you, you license it and um, you build on top of it that way. So, you know, Salesforce or HubSpot, that's an open source CRM. Some organizations choose to build their own. So we went the open source route and that allowed us not to spend as much time building out the tech you know the hard code and having some some engineers behind the scenes so we sit and again i don't want to get too in the weeds here but we sit in an open source environment that that is a club asset that you can put the club's brand on and the and immerse the club's ip within and then that's built on top of amazon web services so amazon web services the world's largest cloud-based computing platform it's essentially limitless on what you can do there. Red Bull Racing, F1, National Hockey League, some of the biggest and most resource sports in the world built on top of AWS, along with mm-hmm. corporates and universities and whatnot. So we're in really good hands on what we build on top of, as long as we bring the right people into the team that can execute you know, our thought bubbles and our strategy in that sense. And fortunately, yeah, we've been able to do that and deliver great results Um for our clients and going back to Special Olympics Australia, we recently did a you know a platform upgrade to them and 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 segmented out some some um, user experiences, which was really really cool. And you know, again, you know, making it a, a, a great user experience and almost being the the Netflix of learning, if you like. So if you're a coach, you go here and all the coaching stuff. If you're an athlete, you go here and there's all the athlete stuff. You volunteer, 
you know, so you're actually creating that really personalized experience, which I think is, again, something we just expect now. Uh, it's almost like yeah. the Uber experience. You, I need to get from A to B, put in your, you know, drop your pin, you know, it's so seamless. So yeah. from a tech company point of view, that user experience is, there's a lot of pressure in making sure that that's, you know, really top notch because we're exposed to such um, high level user user experiences on a regular basis and that's just the expectation from the consumer point of view so yeah that's um that's our that's our tech environment if you like in a in a short nutshell in a short short rap sheet yeah netflix of learning i like that it's a good sell hey <laughs> uh now what about the gold coast suns now this is a really good one essendon obviously such an established brand they've been around forever um so strong powerhouse Gold Coast Suns, relatively new still, only just over 10 years, really trying to put a strong foothold in that Gold Coast market, which is bloody tough stuff to do. We've seen so many try and fail. So you guys are in there and really trying to help out with this. And the Gold Coast Suns, wonderful operation. And you've got uh, the program Play to Your Strengths. Can you tell us about that one and uh, the key the key formula there? Okay, I'll jump in first and I'll talk um, a little bit more about uh, the problem it's solving for the for the Gold Coast mm. Suns. For obviously, they're uh, you know they're into an 11th season now, I, I believe. Um, so mm. a, region, a reasonably new club, if you like, into the AFL, long established competition, as we know. Um, for them, they've actually got a square. Their, their region covers a, a, a three million square kilometers, so bigger than most current. <laughs> Uh, countries in Europe, right? So they've got from Coffs Harbour all the way up to the, the you know, through southeast Queensland and up, up to the north of Queensland, and then and then over to to Darwin. So it's huge. So when you talk about AFLW and AFL players being able to have a connection with fans across, you know, a geographic region of that size, it's just impossible, right? So um, for them being an emergent club looking to do things differently. Um, Mark Evans and you know CEO out of Gold Coast Suns and, and the team's really really passionate about being um, having a strong presence and an influence in the community. So for them, it really solved that that challenge. And I'll hand it over to Damien to talk more about the the program itself. Um, Where you go, mate? Well, the program itself, play to your strengths. It's um, you know the the. The um, devil's in the detail. It's it's a strength-based program uh, for young people. And interestingly enough, it was originally um, focused on primary school students. We've had a number of grade five and six classes go go through the program, but it's also worked its way up into year seven and eight, which I think that, you know, they're really key um, as you go into that adolescence and and finding yourself and being more self-aware and understanding who you are and, you know, going into high school, all of these things, there's a lot going on. So, Having that strength-based focus and um, leaning on elements of positive psychology to help them um, find those strengths and understand those strengths and do it in a collaborative way within the classroom is, you know, again, looking at that authentic impact, um, re- really, really powerful. So th- that's that's the program. It's developed over um, six weeks. The teacher facil- facilitates the six weeks program in class. And then I think what's key here, and especially as we're looking at growing fan avidity and having athlete visits with purpose. And I can cast back to when I was a PE teacher of having, um, you know, athletes come in for a, a kick to kick or answer questions for 15 minutes. And it's like, well, look, I, I might as well have just kept teaching my PE class. No, no disrespect to anyone, but what's the impact here? Seriously, like what, what, what are we doing? So what the Gold Coast Suns have done, I think really effectively is um, build the program out. So we have this six weeks and um, the players aren't necessarily going to be able to go to every school that does it, but um 
Lauren Arends, who's been driving this, and she's um, one of the Gold Coast Suns AFLW players and, and worked in conjunction with me to develop and design the course, um, is leading this in-person experience at the school. So the schools will go through this learning experience and then the Suns will players, whether it's an AFLW or AFL men's um, player, will come out and, and talk about their experience with their strengths and, and how the students have gone through their learning experience. So all of a sudden you've got player visits with purpose. And um, when we talk about fan avidity and players who know exactly what the students have done and what they've gone through and they can share like stories, um, there's a connection there. You know, there's a connection. And, and um, the players themselves can draw out of the the students in the classroom, um, you know, some of these strengths and, and how they align to, well, well, this is my experience with that exact same strength. So I think that it deepens the connection between um, between fan and player and, and makes those player visits really purposeful. I know John talks a lot about, you know, that elite background that he had and um, training in the morning, waits in the afternoon, do a video review at some point, and then you're off in the car for 90 minutes to a school that you're going to do shoot hoops for, at for, for 45 minutes. Again, what's the real impact here? So mm. I think this is new world thinking. You know, it's moving away from we don't have to send our players out um, to, to schools left, right and centre or, or to a corporate event, you know, once a week or whatever it might be. It doesn't necessarily have to be schools. But we can do this with more purpose. We, you know students and, and even adults still want to see these people in the flesh, you know, that they are people that we want to see in the flesh. But if we can use technology to design a really um, sophisticated blended learning experience, I think not only does it achieve better outcomes for the end user, but I think it also helps with that fan avidity piece. And, um, and especially going back to Southeast Queensland, growing the game, you know, there's, there's students all around um, Queensland and the Northern Territory now that have had this experience and then had it laid on top of with these play visits. And we think that that's a really, um, we talk about new world thinking. We think that's the new world using technology and still harnessing that player brand within the environment. Um, we think that's where things are going and, and that's what we're excited to help clubs try and achieve. Well, I can see why you're excited like this. Uh, and, and from a club's point of view as well, I think this would create such a strong sort of deep root within that, that individual or that school because you know I think we can all remember our favorite school teacher you know and I and, and as well as that we can all remember what it was like to be 10 years old and see one of our sporting heroes and even if it was 30 seconds you remember the 30 seconds for the rest of your life because at that age it does it matters so much and so I think the fact that you're able to tap in at that time and as you say Damo really bring in some of that sort of that positive stuff because it can help fortify the young person for when they start getting into those teenage years and, and becoming a young adult. Can you give us a bit of a taste, Damo, of what's in your curriculum, like among those strengths? Can you give us a little taste about what we'd be experiencing if we're all 11 years old and we're in your classroom? What are we getting, Damo, from uh, Play to Your Strengths Gold Coast? Oh, well, I'm not in the classroom anymore, Lockie. I'll, I'll just um, say that first. Dinosaurs were roaming the earth when I was in the classroom, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so look, it's the, the, I think now you test me in memory, I think there's about 20 strengths at the, and the students go through an online survey as well to, to establish mm. what those strengths are. And I think critically, um, it's not about pigeonholing yourself to a certain strength. You know, there's, um, there's things like love, humor, perseverance, um, compassion. There's a whole range of strengths that are identified, but it's not nice. pigeonhole, pigeonholing yourself to understanding, well, that's me because um, mm -hmm. all of those strengths can be something that an individual calls on and, and um, 
is able to adapt and use over the course of time. So it's important when we talk about this program specifically, and, and for any of us, you know, I don't think any of us want to be pigeonholed with two or three things that we do really well. There might be two or three things that we do really well and another hundred that, um, you know, we're continuing to work on and refine and do better at. So I think that's the philosophy when we when we look at this program, um, the Plato Strength Program in isolation, is it's um, not just about what's my number one, um, because yeah. you might be able to use number 20 at the right time in the right context to get the right result. And this is the depth that we're trying to get to here, um, you know, not just with students. It can go across into corporate and all of the things is that how can you have that level of self-awareness that you're able to apply the right thing at the right time to get the right result? Uh, and it does. It just, as I say, it sounds like powerful stuff. Um, John, what about for yourself? Like, obviously definitely you'd be creating that strong fan avidity as damo says for a club like i reckon there'll be clubs and organizations listening to this going gee you know what if essen and gold coast uh, you got also the southeast melbourne phoenix snow australia special olympics they're all in on this gee i reckon my club should be in on this john what are the wins for the clubs and the commercialization opportunities yeah, great question. Um, particularly when we get to the pointy end of sport, you know, often it's not the first thing that's asked, you know, how much this costs, what's it, what's the ROI, but it's certainly going to come up at some point, uh, particularly as you you have conversations with, you know, C-suites and decision makers. And it is a it is an important one. So we like to, you know, have that conversation reasonably early. So there's a number of different ways you can actually commercialise um, education technology. And these, you know, depending on, depending on the particular client and the market segment we're operating in. So that the first is, is um, through a sponsorship. So what you're doing and what we found is a lot of, a lot of teams and their traditional assets are exhausted, you know, front of Jersey broadcast, you know, even ticketing and merch, you know, they're there, but you know, they're exhausted. So what we're doing is introducing a suite of digital products that can be sold within an ecosystem that the club owns. So, off the back of that, sponsors, particularly around corporate social responsibility and things like that, can align themselves with these these um, courses or bite-sized pieces of content. So there's a sponsorship ac uh, aspect there. The second is an e-commerce gateway. So we've saw how big e-commerce has grown, particularly over the last couple of years, but it's not new. So the opportunity to tap into the, you know, the education technology uh, sector in Australia alone was valued at two billion dollars in 2021 professional sport most teams are making zero dollars there so there's a huge market there to kind of you know pick up that ip and the things that we've spoken about recently um the third is is you know the, the grants and what we've been able to do in that space around whether it's uh, local state or federal federal government around technology boost there's a grant out at the moment so tapping into those sides of things and then looking to use your internal budget differently so going okay we've got you know We've got uh, our workforce here. How can we uh, bring in expertise that can amplify their ability to, to do their core job, but also in introduce an education arm of the business? So, so from a commercial sense, there's those four key ways. And then from a customer journey point of view, when we're looking at you know, uh, the, fans, the fan cycle, if you like, you've got, you've got match day. That's the most obvious one. For us, we live, you know, in the off-the-field space. Uh, so we live before and after match day, which is most of the time. You know, when you look yeah. at, you know, a match day, it might be half a day a week. So what happens the other, the other, the other six and a half days a week? So it's about providing value-driven touch points to the customer. You know that, you know that being your fan, whether it's corporate, coaches, volunteers, schools. Um, 
So that that they're the ways that we want to look at, you know, the the, the digitalization, if you like. And in, in fact, I was on and I was on a um, a webinar through ASTN. Shout out, uh, Martin! Thanks for having me on. Um, but I was listening to the the head of strategy and sport from Microsoft uh, early in the weekend, and he spoke about he spoke about the reimagining um, sport as a digital product. So if you look at Traditionally, um, sport makes money out of match day. It makes money out of broadcasting, makes money out of commercial sponsorship. And in some leagues, it makes money out of tra- player transfers. I think we all agree, you know, they're the key revenue streams. So what happens if the scenario was put that um, Netflix, Uber, Disney, Facebook, Xbox, one of these big multinational digital companies bought a sporting team, what would they do? What would they do with it? You know, yes, they would include those, but they would absolutely look to go. Well, how do we how do we make it more of an entertainment product? How do we make it a data team? How do we how do we Uberify it? How do we increase the technology touch points to push revenue up? So I think that's you know for us you know that's where we want to help work with teams and bring them along that journey to go. Well, you've got a huge sector here. Education and community outreach is really important. You've got sponsors where assets are exhausted. You know, let us marry the you know the the, the key the, the the key aspects together, and we'll we'll be able to do some great things. What you're saying there, it's that consistency, isn't it? Rather than you just have someone's attention on a Saturday afternoon, you have them right throughout the week. Um, and it's it, you you're, you're spot on. If you had one of these massive giant companies from the US purchase a team, that's exactly what they'd be doing. So you're doing it for them. I love it. Uh, yeah, what about? I'm, I'm guessing that if a, a club comes to you, right? So off the well, hopefully off the back of our chat today, a club comes to you, the Rabbitohs comes to you and say, John Damo, this is too good to pass up. So you're going to work very much with with the club to sort of custom make something right for them, yeah? That's part of the process for sure, Lockie. Um, there will be, as we've said a few times, you know, there's IP within these organisations. So there will be things that they um, see, whether it's in the corporate space or the coaching space or the volunteering space or the education space. There's a, um, a number of audiences that they will want to engage with and support and, and help and ultimately mm-hmm. find a way to generate revenue through those means. So so the short answer there is yes, you know, we'll bring our expertise to help them deliver that into those communities. But one of the things that's really important with um, uh, Playbook and what we brought across from Leaders of Evolution is our um, over 60 courses, which are, can be white labeled for our, for our clients. So anything from, you know, leadership in schools, leadership in sport, future skills of the workforce, these are all of the things that we, under the Leaders of Evolution banner, um, delivered into over 10,000 students, 400 schools globally that we've brought across as our IP. So um, as much as there are these really exciting things and and, um, pre-existing initiatives that sit within um, the clubs and organisations, there's also a whole bunch of um, things that courses that we've developed that can be um, white labelled and we put their people and their brands into those educational experiences and again, they can get those out. And all of those are really contemporary, um, mainly in education, but also in corporate and coaching as well. Um, mm. They're all really contemporary, modern things that are needed, things that we realised. And, you know, the uptake was there that that was the case. So, yes, we're going to help them um, digitise their existing IP, but there's also this huge range of um, other products that we can help bring to life with their people, um, leaning on a lot of work we've done over the last seven years as well. 
Well, yeah, you're bringing a lot of strength to the table. As you say, 10,000 students, 400 schools across the globe. What's the next uh, step for you guys? Are we all going to be in the metaverse with uh, Classroom? Maybe you could be back in the metaverse Classroom, Damo. Maybe some sort of avatar of Damo could be teaching us. Like, what, what's the next step for Playbook? Yeah, it's kind of cool to think about that, uh, but that might be the case. I think when John and I started, we spoke, there's, there's a bit of a classic Simpsons episode. You know how the Simpsons are really good at uh, predicting the future. I think they predicted Trump well before he was president of the state. But I also remember yes. one where they um, you know, ha- had that sort of holographic teacher in the classroom, which was, I'm pretty sure, you know, sponsored by Pepsi or something like that. So, you know, taking the the um, the mick, of course. But um, look, I don't. It's really interesting. John and I talk about being in the belly of the market, and even though technology and education technology has accelerated and shifted over the last couple of years, I still think that there's room to be. Um, to use some of the traditional means that we are at the moment and and as well as leaning back on what John said before about using technology as the accelerator we have to be careful that we don't put on a pair of goggles just because they're here and we can to deliver something that may not end up meeting the need of the end user so if you walked Mm -hmm. into most classrooms most classrooms um, you know around the country at the moment most of them aren't wearing goggles at the moment you know 3d goggles or, or av it's certainly there i think there are incredible opportunities that we can harness from an ai perspective and machine learning and certainly vr and ar into the future i would say that um, for what we're doing and where we need to be with our client base as well that will come um, some mm. of the exciting things that i see in technology are, are just simple things but building them into the existing tech ecosystem that our clients have. So whether that's, you know, um, live streams of coaching sessions that can be, you know, developed into courses in real time, um, how we use different sorts of activations post a learning experience, I think is some of the things that we can work on right now. Um, I think into the future, there's a lot of really cool things that are out there and yeah, metaverse and web three and all of those things. Right now, I reckon that where we're at is a really good spot because we need the, we need the end user to be able to use the technology that we've got and to get that experience out of it. So um, we're at a really good space right now, but where we're going into the future, and we do have a few ideas, um, is, is really cool. But um, I think where we're at now is, is perfect for, for us and what we're doing with all of our clients. Sounds like it. How about for you, Jono? Yeah, I think Damien's uh, articulated that response very well. Um, you nearly got through a podcast, though, without talking about nfts but you didn't because i'm going to okay and it, it, it funnels on it funnels on from damien's last point there around that activation piece because you know from a fan avidity piece um you know we've got these great you know fun immersive online um touch points you know outside of match day ideally we want to get them either coming back to a game or to their first game as well um you know you've got these super stadiums these great environments a lot, a lot of resources go into that. I think that's important that we acknowledge that and we help teams activate activate fans into, you know, game day and match day. So I think the NFT space can, can be a real mechanism in that space. So if you're a corporate and you complete a suite of, a suite of um, you know, what was the club you mentioned before, uh, the, the, the Rabbitohs courses? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you're a, you completed a, a suite of emerging leader courses for, you know, um, 25 to say 30 year olds in the corporate sector at the end of that you know the activation is you're, you, you, you've got an NFT and that gets you access into into the ground or a corporate suite where other learners from that same cohort are there and that's exclusive for you so you've got this you've got this environment this activation piece that can 
that can start to leverage, you know, the really cool things that are happening um, in the NFT space. So again, you know, that's, you know, if, if a client was to tap us on the shoulder and have that conversation, we'd be, we'd be about it. But again, really understanding coming back to, to what's the purpose and why are we doing it and then going from there. But I think there's some cool things happening in that space and then you, you can start to, you know, we could do another podcast on augmented reality and virtual mm. reality. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's probably the one for me. Well, definitely, I want to have you blokes back because it's fantastic, and I think that's what you just sort of tapped on there. You, you do have that genuine, I suppose, purpose and mission to what you're doing, and that does, you know, that definitely transcends your words because, um, yeah, I think you're achieving great things. You already have like big business leaders of evolution. I know you recently did a an agreement uh, with them, so you know you've sort of been able to really conquer that and now you're onto this um, playbook sports so and also for people who are going to uh, google this after so playbook but book is without double o it's just with a bk so play and then bk play bk sports.com just quickly before we go tell us about the name please <laughs> the spelling yeah i look a little bit edgy um a lot of things have taken on Google when you start to do some research. So for us, you know, the, we, we spent a lot of time and effort and energy into, into, you know, the branding and the name of Playbook. We even, you know, had a list and went to existing clients and did focus groups. So it wasn't, it, it was a, it was a large, it was a large project and an important one. So, so Playbook, you know, it really, you know, we're the playbook for teams to, to scale their education technology. We've got the tools, we've got the, as we mentioned before, the content catalog, the IP, you know, the marketing, the commercial in and around being able to bring that to a professional sporting environment. So Playbook sits sits in there. And then when you go, on, if for those, you know, all the thousands of, list, thousands of listeners out there that go on Google uh, after the show, um, <laughs> look, even if you look at the X's and O's, you know, around traditional playbook, we've got two O's and one X with an arrow. So, you know, that's around us being, you know, really, really um, on the offensive advantage, us being competitive. We're in elite high performance sport, you know, winning's important. So, you know, we help our clients win in the education technology space um, at the intersection of sport, technology and education. Magnificent. Damo, John, I really appreciate your time, fellas. As I said, I'd love to have you come back on and, and talk as you continue to grow and evolve. Um, congratulations on everything you've both achieved so far. And, uh, yes, I encourage everyone, playbook, BK, playbooksports.com. Check them out and see what these gentlemen are doing. Uh, fellas, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Lockie. Great to be on. We appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Lockie. Uh, wonderful stuff. Just a great honour having Damien Hecker, John Shepherd on the show from Playbook Sports. Love those blokes. Well, that wraps us up. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, as always, check out ASTN, a show and sports technologies network at astn.com.au. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Sports Cutting Edge for the Australian Sports Technologies Network. For more, jump online at astn.com.au.